2: Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And i, I tell you, wow. Uh, had such a wonderful, wonderful uh, weekend. Uh, Michelle and I are in Atlanta. I mean, I, I love Atlanta. And so we're in Atlanta having a great time uh, visiting. a our, 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 our great, 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 great friend. Uh Charles D. Mann Gore. You know, so how are you doing, Michelle?
3: I'm doing great. You know, I haven't been in Atlanta for uh for a while now, and it's just—I used to live here for nine years, and we, and James, met here. So this is a special place to me because I have family here, and my mom is here. So we're just excited to be here in in, in Atlanta and downtown ATL. So we're
4: excited.
3: We're
2: excited to be here, and uh, also uh, excited to uh, that uh, everything is just fine. I saw a lot of family yesterday, and uh, going to see family. Uh, as we continue to go so Noah, how are you doing today man how you doing i'm good how are you jc man you know i tell you man i'm kind of missing california a little bit Noah. uh missing it you know because uh uh atlanta is great but it's not california texas is great but it's not california so better when you're in the studio for sure man i tell you in about a week and a half we will be back in studio man i can't wait I can't wait, you know. And Noah, now, Friday, we had this wonderful show uh, that uh, we had uh, Paul Pierre, uh, which I call Dr. Paul. I can and see why you call him that, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so fascinating. And Noah, I, just like you said, you and I talked afterwards, I don't think we got past eight questions. Because uh, it was so great and so fascinating. And I think I our the audience in the world, needed to, to, to hear that. Uh, some of the, uh, his examples and, and some of the uh, things that he said and uh, on how we can uh, come to some common ground and bring the world closer, bring everybody closer. Was the black, white, pink, gold, or purple? Regardless of your religion, preference, regardless of all of that stuff. You know, so this guy is so brilliant, so smart, and you no, know, I think you're going to see him a lot on the James Coley show.
1: No, oh, I think he's got a lot to bring to the table, you know, not just on the particular issue, um, overreaching issue of, uh, of finding common ground. Uh, but, you know, there's so many different topics that inter- kind of intersect with that. You can find common ground on
2: just about anything. And and we have to. We have to be able to uh, seek out. We have to come to. I wouldn't say, and I never like to use the word compromise because. I have never seen that word in the Bible. <laughs> you know, so uh, I wouldn't say compromise, but I say agreed upon uh, solutions. You know
1: what? I might have to go check that out because I don't think i remember the word compromise in the Bible either.
2: I can tell you, my friend, it's not there. <laughs> it's not there. Uh, but, uh, hey, man, it's so good hearing your voice, man. I know that uh, you was on the road a lot uh, this uh, past weekend. And uh, I think you went to, to get Kevin, uh, one of your twins.
1: Yeah, one of my one of my sons is on a uh, extended work trip. The company shall remain nameless, uh, but he was missing home and we had a fam- big family dinner that was going to be planned and he wanted to be a part of it. So I'm like, you know what? I don't care if I have to drive the whole weekend. So I literally drove up to Central California, picked him up. We had dinner with the family. Took him back. We even went to go see the new James Bond movie, which, by the way, is. Oh, great. man. I, no. am, I, <laughs> I am telling you guys, it is lights out. You have to probably the second greatest James Bond movie of all time next to Casino Royale. Why did you say that in front
2: of my wife? Noah?
3: We were supposed to see a James Bond uh, this weekend, but our plans got changed and I've never seen Daniel Craig in the role, but I, for some reason, I want to see this James Bond movie.
1: You know, I wouldn't say you have to see his other movies, but it definitely would help. Daniel Craig, by far, is my favorite James Bond. He brings <gasps> he brings something completely different to the character. At least watch Casino Royale, Michelle, and then go see uh, No Time to Die. It, it is so great in so many ways.
3: Well, my favorite. Well, I haven't seen Daniel Craig, so it's no comparison. But I loved Sean Connery. I thought he was just so suave as James Bond.
1: Yeah, Connery is by far, out of all of them, I think my favorite actor. But as far as the particular way that the that the role is played, uh, nobody
2: beats Daniel Craig. Wow. See, uh, see Noah, you, you got Michelle excited, and we're going off script completely because <laughs> cause our eyes are blocked. And we got this great, great guy, Paul Pierre, Dr. Paul, uh, Listen, to audience. He's known as Dr. Paul to me. And I, I tell you, if you missed out on the show Friday, this is part two. Uh, you might want to go back and listen to that one because we're going to pick it up. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 1170. Again, that's one 1170 Michelle, first of all, can you tell our listening audience, uh, the title of today's show?
3: Yes, the title of today's show is Common Ground in America Part 2.
2: Wow. You know, so uh can you tell our listeners what's what's the purpose of today? What we what we going to talk about today?
3: Okay. So, we're getting to know the background of Paul Pierre, understanding what common ground is. Discuss systemic racism, unconscious bias, and the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion.
2: A lot of this, uh, I don't think we're going to go off into systemic racism on this one because we talked about that one last time. And uh, his answers and uh, uh, the way he put it was so, I mean, I tell you, it was in the middle, meaning that everybody can sense and see where he's going from. Uh, so we're going to pick up with part two uh, with uh, Paul Pierre, and we're going to talk about a lot of other different things, but as it relate to what we picked up, can you introduce this great man to our listening audience?
3: Yes, Paul M. Pierre. Paul is a retired DHS executive, having served as the head of United States Citizenship and Immigration Services in San Diego, California. He's also a veteran of the United States Air Force, where he serves as Special Weather Operations Technician. He's a father of nine, with one son currently serving in the United States Navy, while enjoying retirement, Paul is still busy raising three children still at home, the youngest one being four years old. He's also an active investor in real estate. The James Cooley Show to Life welcomes back again Paul M. Pierre.
2: Dr. Paul, how you doing, man? How you doing? Man, I am doing fantastic. <laughs> I
5: know you're missing California, but I'm, I'm enjoying it for you, brother. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice, light breeze uh, in a wine country in the Strange Valley Internecola.
2: So you and Noah, Noah both are going to rub this in. But that's okay. I, I will be back real soon. I'll be back real I soon. I just hope the weather holds, James. <laughs> Better hurry. Oh, man, can't wait. Hey, Paul, uh, now, uh, you mentioned something to me. You know Joshua enlisted uh, in the Navy uh, uh, a week ago, less than a week ago. And you... You told me about Noah in uh, IT, uh, IT-ATF. Joshua got yes. the same thing, my friend.
5: Oh, wow. <laughs> he's going to love it. Uh, again, he's blessed. Blessings, man. Because he will get skirts. He will,
2: uh, yeah, he'll be ready for the workforce when he gets out. He's going to be ready for the workforce, but he's going to make E5 before two years, just like Noah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I uh, it's a lot it's, it's challenging these days uh but let me tell you I I, I go back to my uh old stub from when I was in the air force and I definitely didn't do it for the money that's for sure
2: <laughs> wow I'll tell you what let's let's get started with this uh, because uh uh we're going got a break coming up shortly uh but uh Paul uh, can you pick up and tell uh, this audience a little bit about you uh, and your background, because uh, they have probably haven't listened to the show for another day. Yeah,
5: so uh, again, like I said, I think one important thing about me is I'm an immigrant who came here when I was seven years old, uh, and I ended up being an executive for USCIS, uh, which is an agency from the Department of Justice, and I've served there for a number, a number of years before that the Department of Justice served on the border uh, as an inspector as well as Miami International Airport in very different roles. Um, And while in the Air Force, I was stationed off the Air Force Base in Nebraska. So I got to really see, feel, and understand this country uh, more than most. And let me tell you, I I got to learn and appreciate, learn the history of the United States, uh, appreciate Americans of all stripes of all geographical areas uh, and man the more I learn about this great country the more I love it man the more I realize how special it is and how unique it is and how essential it, it is
2: wow I tell you what I want you to hold that thought because we're going to take a station break when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about that and we're going to talk about common grounds uh, part two and on how we all can make each other better and just uh, learn to love not hate I tell you if you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. We'll be back shortly after the break. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of
6: greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James
2: Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold.
6: The JC Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The JC Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we are offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at Cooley Foundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The JC Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution.
4: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream
1: big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life.
2: Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I I, I tell you, we've got this uh, fantastic guy, Paul Pierre, better known as Dr. Paul. And I, I tell you, we're talking about common ground, too. And uh, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Hey, Paul, first of all, a couple of questions I'm asking and combining into one. First of all, what does common ground means? And secondly, what are some of the ways that we can come to common grounds on race relations and education opportunities?
5: Thank you for the question, uh, J.C. Uh, Common ground, what does it mean? It means that literally the very ground we are on right now, the United States of America, is an inheritance. If you look at it historically, my mind races back to the Louisiana Purchase where the, the founding fathers, uh, they could get a vision, they could see in the future. They, they, they wanted a better future for us. They wanted common ground for the future of America. And they actually purchased more ground uh, for it. Also, about 15 years ago, I was blessed enough to go to Gettysburg in Pennsylvania. And while I was at Gettysburg, in the hollow ground, again, the theme ground, common ground, in Gettysburg, I was walking on ground that was soaked with blood on that day uh, of the Battle of Gettysburg. And on that day, that ground was soaked with the blood of all types of Americans, black Americans, white Americans uh, slaves, former slaves, recently liberated slaves, and so forth and so on, on both sides. So even from a historical perspective, and a more legal perspective, the very ground that we are on, it's a ground that we inherit with the sacrifice, the blood, sweat, and tears of a diversity of Americans. Americans of all stripes, Americans who spoke different languages, but Americans who paid the ultimate price. And that ground, the common ground, the very ground that we are on right now, is definitely something we should cherish, we should venerate, we should value, and understand as Americans, we all, all of us, have that inheritance, in common. So these folks have done all these sacrifices to bequeath this to us thus far to today. The question is, how do we go forward? What, what common ground or what actual ground are we going to leave as inheritance for our children, for future Americans? And the only way to be quit something of value to future Americans and for us to work together. You know, JC, you mentioned the word compromise and I agree with you, you know, it's not in the Bible. We don't have to sacrifice something for something else. We can compromise by actually getting something that's mutually agreeable, what's mutually best for all of us. When I think of compromise, I think of a passage in the Bible where Jesus himself was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, right? Where he said, If you have issues with your brother and you're coming to the altar, leave the altar. Leave your offerings at the altar, but go back and make it right with your brother. So I would build on that. I'm inspired by that. That if I have issues with my brother, regardless of whether my brother, my fellow Americans, white, black, gay, straight, You need it. It behooves me to go make it right with my brother. Because after all, we are brothers. And we all live on that common ground. Again, we aren't going anywhere, that's for sure. And it definitely, this is the ground we're going to live for all our children in common. And that's extremely important uh, for us to understand. And as far as race relations, you, 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 the second part of your question is race relations, uh, JC. Uh, the true race, if you if you go scientific, the true race really is homo sapiens sapiens. Yes, you have ethnic divisions such as differences, such as the KS, My my ethnicity is African American, Um, other people are Caucasian, or some are Latinos, and so forth and so on. Culturally, there may be some differences, but really, when we think about when Jesus speaks to us, he sees us as children of the same God. We may see ourselves differently. This is where we need to change. We need to actually, as Americans, see ourselves as the children of of a common God, but also seeing ourselves as inheritors of uh, something special that the forefathers and so many others have sacrificed to be quick to us, to live for us. And we need to live in common, to cherish it. And that, I think, if we were to do that, will improve race relations, because we look beyond race.
3: Hi, Paul. Thank you. I have a question for you. What is the difference between common ground versus self-interest?
5: Very, very good question, uh, Michelle. Uh, Yeah, so common ground, obviously, is what unites us all. Uh, Whether we are Bill Gates or Paul Tier or J.C. Cooley, we all live in America. We all, all think or swim with America. Uh, Now, self-interest, how does that contrast with self-interest? There's nothing wrong with being an individual. In fact, individualism is a good thing. Uh, I do have planned goals for me, for myself, for Paul here, uniquely for Paul. I think when God created me, he created me uniquely me. So, there's nothing wrong with, have, with having self interest. However, if the self interest that I have or anyone other has is correctly formulated, it will not override, it will not damage, it will not contrast negatively with common ground. Because whatever self interest we have, we will understand that we think or swim with America. We understand that when our enemies target us, they don't make no distinction. Whether we were black American, white American, Latinos, or uh, gay, straight, and so forth and so on, they actually see us through common ground as Americans. If you remember 9 11, that's exactly what happened. All Americans of all stripes uh, were victims of, of that attack. So I think it's important that when we think of common ground and self-interest, we don't lose the individualism that has made America so great, that has given us people like Elon Musk and so forth and so on. That's important. Uh, But also that we do not let that override be so selfish, so self-absorbed that we lose our patriotism, that we lose our common decency, that we lose uh, our compassion, that we lose of the fact that we or all Americans that we do share common ground.
2: That's extremely wild. Wow. Now, that is so great of an answer. I tell you, that was great, Paul. And, you know, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to continue this great discussion with Paul Pierre. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life
4: available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
1: Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream the new audio version of country boy city boy a journey that ain't over yet by james cooley on amazon.com or wherever audio books are
0: sold fm 96.1 and am 1170 the answer
1: it's time to dream big think big and be big it's time for more it's your life now here's your host james cooley
2: Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and we got the fantastic Paul Pierre uh, here with us again, and uh, he's giving us a lesson on common ground. Uh, Listen, I just want to say that we had a little technical difficulty uh, for a little bit, but uh our great uh, producer Noah Dingley got everything under control. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one Again, that's one <laughs>
1: Yeah, Paul, you had mentioned in the last segment about common ground and also, you know, people, the enemy you know, whoever that happens to be uh, coming uh, against us as as Americans and trying to divide us. And that's obviously something that's very real. So I actually find this next question very poignant. What does the word convi- conviction mean to you? But
5: conviction is to be, at your core, thoroughly convinced, thoroughly, uh, bought into an idea, uh, and an ideal as well. Um, example for me is I'm fully convinced, fully convinced, I have the utmost conviction that America, this country of ours, is a unique ex- experiment in democracy. And it's essential to not just us as Americans, but to humanity itself. Um, I think it's, I'm convinced, I have the utmost conviction that that is the case, because when I look at the writings of Madison, uh, Jefferson, the Federalist Papers, and so forth and so on, uh I get a glimpse and an understanding of the vision of the forefathers, the 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 founding fathers. Um we not a happy thing. These are not just luck. It's careful design. In fact, to show you why I'm that convinced, I'm I have the utmost conviction of this, in the dollar bill. As the founding fathers were gathering to to write the Constitution, uh, they they said something in Latin. In fact, in the dollar Bill, I know it, "Coepis," which in Latin means "May Providence bless this undertaking." So to them, this was an undertaking of utmost importance, and I'm I'm very very convinced of it. I have the utmost conviction of this. To me, that's what conviction means. being utterly enforced ensure of of an ideal of an idea of a reality
1: and our founding fathers were so you know so amazing what they did with this idea with their idea of what you know is the backbone of America, what created America, and I think that they would want all of their citizens, despite they didn't know the country was going to get as big as it did, but it did, but they would want all of the citizens in the country to walk in love. So how can all people do that? How can all people in your mind, uh, Dr. Paul, walk in love instead of in hate, regardless of their differences? Because you see so many people and not everybody. I actually see quite a number of people that have differences that walk in love. But how can we get everybody to walk in love instead of saying, hey, that person believes different than I do on, you know, whatever that subject matter is. So I want nothing to do with them. Like we got to bring people together. How do we do that?
5: Yes, well, as a Christian, I would call personally myself on my relationship with Christ. Uh, And Christ is pure love. Uh, And for others, just from a psychology point of view, I would call up on others to ask themselves, you know, a hate is a feeling and love is a feeling as well. So if we're feeling love or hate, we must be reacting to a set of facts. So what is are we're reacting to? Um, and if we were to look that for a fact, we have more in common than we have differences, and that's a fact, if we were to focus on what's common between us, and if there's something common between us, it's about me, it's also about you, know why it's also about JC and all of us as Americans, if it's part of me, if I have love for myself, I would love those traits. And those traits are in common with a lot of us, with all of us as Americans. So if I love myself, if I make, take the exercise, the time to love myself, in turn, because a lot of the things I love about myself are shared traits with all of us as Americans, how would have to default to loving you as well because you have those traits in common. If I focus on those traits you have in common, instead of the minor differences we have. I think that's how we can walk love and be different and both walk in love.
2: You know, that was such a great answer. I uh, know uh, uh, we, we all have to walk in love and we all have to uh, see love when we see each other. You know, so uh, Dr. Paul, how can we uh, ensure that we do not validates other people common stereotypes against individuals, groups or beliefs just because they are different than uh the next person
5: yeah well first of all st- stereotypes um and thank you for the question stereotypes uh stereotype is a lazy way to assess someone if i didn't get to know you jc as a person i would defer to stereotypes and many times that has to do with fear. I would encourage people to break away from fear. Uh, don't be lazy. Don't assume things about me. Just because you may have read or been taught or been told that people who look like me, who walk like me, who sound like me, all X, Y, or Z. Break away from that. Don't be lazy, take the time, make the effort to get to know me, engage me in conversation, engage me, ask questions, as I did when I met JC, I didn't, I make no assumptions, uh, and many others, uh, when a new neighbor comes in into, or anyone comes to the neighbor, if I want to, I engage and I ask them questions, I make no assumptions, uh, and I know that's a tough thing to do. I wouldn't say it's easy to do, but this is where we need to make the effort. Make the effort. Now, do something different. It's easy to have stereotypes, right? It's easy to say all oh, those guys. You know how those guys are. You know how those women are. You know how these people are. That's the lazy and easy way to assess people, and we're missing out. We're we missing out on finding. Things about people when we do that. There are things about JT that I didn't know, and I found out only from talking to him and so many other people. Um, And what a shame it would be if I missed out on friendships like this. Just because I'm making assumptions about people, I don't take the time to get to understand, to appreciate the uniqueness of individuals. Because God created us unique and special, not a one mold for everyone, unique and special, with special talents, special achievements, (laughs) unique dreams, and so forth and so on, Uh, I would urge people to get to know people, and that's how we can break these stereotypes and get to know people, and we'll be surprised, pleasantly surprised, about what we find out about people. How can people heal from the damages of divisiveness? That's a loaded one, Michelle. Thank you for the for the question. How can people heal from the damages of divisiveness? Well, first of all, we need to understand and accept that damages are real. Damages are real. Um, I, I talk have to a lot of people throughout the United States when I travel, but it's the, the mess situation in, 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 in Ohio and in and uh other parts of the of the country, uh homelessness right here in, in California, uh in LA, especially in LA and San Francisco, uh whether the big movements you've been seeing on TV uh, of of late, uh, people marching for one cause or the other, whether it's the left or the right, uh, people feel a certain way, and those feelings are real. Now, we need to validate those feelings. I may not agree with why you feel that way, but I'm not going to dismiss you outright that you shouldn't feel that way. I think we should seek to hear people out, not be weaknesses, and help them heal by letting them tell us why. And the biggest question is why, why do you feel this way? And after we ask that question, take a pause, listen to what they have to say. It may be silly to us, it may, be, it may not make sense to us. I think to be a more logical person. So I have to really train myself because as soon as you ask me a question, I'm trying to find a solution for you. But sometimes all you want to do tell me what's going on, and I'm and I'm not. <laughs> my wife, my daughter, tell me that all the time. Paul, you need to be, you need to hear me out. I just want to tell you something. Because I'm the guy who wants to give you a solution. I'm I'm i I come from the corporate world. I am a solution guy. You give me a problem, I'm, I'm figuring out a solution for you. Sometimes you, all you want to do is tell me about the problem, not for me to find a solution. I think that's what we need to start doing. Listen intently with compassion, with love, and that for sure will start healing the different business within us, within us as Americans,
2: we can wow. all of the wow. that we can as well. Wow, that was great because we have to start listening if we're. All- if we are the only one talking and, and we're not listening to others, uh, we're not going to come through any uh, solutions. So we have to first learn to listen and then bring it in and then before we respond, we're going to take a station break, Paul man you're so brilliant i'm gonna take a station break but we're gonna come back and we're gonna continue this great discussion with paul pierre dr paul if you want to be part of the conversation that's one 344 we will be back shortly after this break it's your life i'm james cooley
6: there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with james cooley
4: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time
1: to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, I tell you, uh, every time I, I chat with this young man, Paul Noah. Hey man, you see why I keep telling you that uh I learned so much from this guy and I just love uh having conversations with him and uh he and I uh disagree, I wouldn't say all the back and forth, but uh you know, we don't always agree upon things, uh, politically or either things that's in life. But you know what, we all got a common common goal, we come to common ground and we you know, at the end of the day we shake hands and we, you know, we bought it
1: well, you know and, and j c and that's awesome, and you told me about this. I see you know why you're friends with this guy, why he's so amazing, and this is something that I hope for for America, especially if people are listening to the show and maybe they realize they can get a little bit too divisive out there in the community. And I think we've all done it at some point. But, you know, at the end of the day, my question for Dr. Paul, I think, kind of relates to what I would like to see for every American, which is when you see somebody that whether they have a different viewpoint or they look different than you or or whatever, uh, there's an opportunity there, Dr. Paul, there's an opportunity to learn, to learn so much. About So many different things. Why do you think that it is that instead of shunning somebody that doesn't necessarily agree with you or has the opposite stance of something that is something that you believe in or that they happen to look differently, that instead of embracing that and having a discussion where you can learn that you can, you know, you you can bond together like we've talked about on the show. Why do you think people and not everybody, but some people head in the opposite direction of that? I don't have time for somebody like that. Like that's that. That does nobody any good, including yourself.
5: Absolutely, yeah, Noah. That 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 is a fantastic question. Uh, it goes back to fear, um, because we fear others. We tend to congregate with people who look like us think like us uh, say the same thing as we say pretty much the echo chamber of our own thoughts. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, there are people out there who try to divide us, and they're actually building on that, on the fact that we naturally tend to be lazy. We naturally tend to not want to leave our comfort zone and engage people who may look different than us. Uh, I'll I, I tell you something, a quick example of this, uh, uh, Noah. Uh, not long ago, I was at a Starbucks talking and this pastor uh, came, uh, was sitting next to me and he started talking, so three hours later, I was still in my seat at Starbucks talking to this guy. But a good friend of his walked in. This guy's a blue collar worker, uh, he owned a company, And from listening to this guy, you would think (laughs) that this guy is racist, he's a white guy, you think he's racist, the way he talks, the way he's, I mean, you would assume that he's racist. But, you know, I said, you know, let me get to know this guy. So I asked him a few questions. And it turned out, first of all, that his daughter, he only has two daughters, one of them is married to a black guy, he's a major in the army. and his kids are biracial. And he loves his kids. he showing me pictures of his kids. So most people, typical person listening to this guy would easily default within two seconds. So this guy is a redneck. In fact, he is a redneck. But, uh, but I, and as such, he is whatever, racist, this, this, that, making all kinds of assumptions. Until I got to talk to this guy. And he realized, and I still have his number, and I still follow up with him, This guy is the nicest guy. Uh, But a lot of people get put off by his gruff, rough, rough, tough, blue collar, redneck type uh, approach. Uh, But the nicest guy, you have to get to know him. Uh, And below that that surface is a guy who shares common interests, common concerns with me. Again, we back to the the same thing we were talking about earlier—the theme of the of the show, common ground. We had so much in common. Uh, We became friends, Uh, and and that's not a unique case. Uh, And this is repeated over and over again. This is the key for us to get to know others. We need to find that courage. We need to find it. We need to. I know it's tough. I know it's easier to be in the echo chamber for our own thoughts, where so everyone thinks like that us. We validate our own feelings, being people to tell us, oh, yeah, we, I agree with you. I'm not married to my own ideas. Yeah, I do have some principles. I do have virtues. I do have values. I do have faith and so forth and so on. But, boy, I'm often wrong, 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 about so many things. And there's nothing wrong with that. I often say uh, I should wear a T-shirt that is under construction because I'm a work in progress. God didn't create me perfect. God is still working on me. I'm still being worked on. So obviously, I don't know. I don't have the interest to in everything. I, ju- I just don't. And I absolutely need the, the companionship, the compassion, the understanding of my fellow Americans, my neighbors, and so forth, whether they think like me, whether they're, or they share the same political views as me, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we have so much more that we share in common than differences. Uh, I know a couple of days ago, I told you guys that, I tell people I have a mixed marriage, and they say, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, I can see that. And I say, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm a Republican, and my wife is a Democrat. That's the mixed marriage we have. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, so even with my wife, I can accept her to have different views as like me and still love her and still get along. We still go on the, on the same bed. We, we, we have same children in common and so forth. So if I can do that with my wife, oh boy, we can absolutely do that. with You know how JC or Michelle and, 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 and everybody else. We just need to find the courage to understand that, yeah, we are uniquely individuals. And we love the same, but it's okay. God, we're the children of the same creator. And we have more common. We have differences. You have to get to know people.
1: And sometimes all you have to do at the end of the day, I know J.C. will echo this, but, you know, like you had seen that person in Starbucks and you had that thought right away. And so it was good that you challenged yourself and you said, well, let me see if I'm right. And you were wrong and that's OK. It's OK being wrong. But then you were able to see who he really was. And that's the type of thing I believe that we need more of.
2: Absolutely. And don't follow you. i the person. Hey man, I, I like how you put that because uh we all uh if we see somebody or just assume just because a person dressed a certain way or look a certain way, we ought to sometimes and we all are guilty of that. Uh laying judgment on someone and we don't even know who the person is or what's what's in their heart, what's in their mind. We have to uh sit back and understand, I believe, That uh, just because we assume a certain thing, we must give a person an opportunity uh, to, you know, show who they are or or respond to who they are, Uh, and and we never know what what a person is thinking, what's in their heart, and I believe that we have to be less judgmental about certain things. Absolutely,
5: Paul. Do you believe that common ground can eliminate racism someday? Can you repeat that, Michelle? You you were breaking up.
3: My question is, do you believe that common ground, having common ground can eliminate racism someday?
5: Or can having common ground eliminate racism someday? I would say, unfortunately, to be real, to be honest, Despite that I have a lot of hope, I have a lot of faith, but also I'm a realist. And the answer to that is no. No. Because we're individuals with free will. Uh, Some of us, most of us, will fight and judge people based on the color of their skin. Most of us will. Uh, Most of us will, like Noah was saying, challenge ourselves and not be lazy and actually engage someone in conversation to find out who they truly are. And many times you'll be pleasantly surprised that we were wrong. And sometimes you will be right, too. Let's be honest. Sometimes we are right uh, about our assumptions. Uh, I think individuals, as individuals, there will be some folks who will be... Was so entrenched into the negative thoughts, the negative feelings, they go to their grade, they espousing those beliefs, uh, and they will still be racist. But that's the minority. I think the wow. better thing, as Americans, is to focus on the vast majority of us who are not racist. We can bridge that gap and, and see each other as, again, Americans as children of a common God, and, and 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 understand that all physical appearances, you know, is only skin deep, and and and, and focus on what we have in common, the common concern that we have, uh, wow. the, the, and, and and move
2: forward. Hey, Dr. Paul, we at the end of the show. We got less than 30 seconds. I just want to thank you. Thank you, uh, again for always, uh, uh, Coming up with such great wisdom, you know, i got to have you back again. You already know that many, many times. I'd like to thank my great uh, co-host, Michelle Cooley, for uh, always being here. i like to thank my great producer, Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listeners for taking the time to listen to the James Cooley Show Nightmare. And I tell you, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you every day. And I tell you what, uh, tune in tomorrow. We've got another great show, and I hope you enjoy this one, but tune in tomorrow. yes. Your life. I'm James Cooley, and we will be back tomorrow with more great shows. And uh, I tell you, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait.
6: Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and
0: be big at everything that you do.
6: It's your life as sponsored by James
0: J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's